But once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valeni is your father figure. No, he is not. You love Valenti. Like, remember you were swaggerjacking some of his his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. You're not a father figure. Till the end of time. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WXUTs after further review. Further review, got that new Drake and 21 Savage instrumental here on. After further review, make sure you check out Tim and Vicky's theme park. Saturdays 9 to 11, right before yours truly here. After further review on 88.3 WHT 11 to 1 or whenever we get in the studio. We're going to be recording today though. Um, Frank is doing some uh, high school football state refereeing and... Uh, I got stuff to do with basketball, so we got David the Man of God Harris here on the phone lines with us as he is marked safe from the wintry weather out there in New York. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit Rocket football. Very disappointing loss at the Glass Bowl on uh, Tuesday night as they lost to that team from down south by a touchdown. And we're going to get David's thoughts on that. David, welcome back. Yeah, good to be back. Obviously, ideally it would be nice that we would have kept the trophy up north, yeah, north of Perrysburg, but yep, that team down south, despite what the AP says in their headlines about Bowling Green rallying, they were pretty much up the entire game until we took the lead with a minute left. And you would think, hey, minute left, don't have to do anything, just defensively be stout. And yeah. I mean, I that those are the kind of games that will crush a team's confidence heading into conference championship play. Because kind of coming into it, Bowling Green knew that they had they had to win out to get to Detroit. Thankfully, kind of with how um things played out earlier in the evening on Tuesday. Bowling Green was like, hey, if we win next week, Ohio, Bowling Green, Athens, winner goes to Detroit. So they had everything to play for. We found out right before the game, Daquan Finn was going to be rested. Okay, you make sense. You want him 100% healthy for Detroit because he is kind of the focal point of our offense. But we saw with Tucker Gleason, okay, Give him a full week to kind of really get into the rhythm of kind of playing with the ones, even though kind of we didn't know that he was going to be a starter until a couple hours before kickoff. But you get that reputation or repetitions with the first teamers, mix it up. And kind of above all of that, you look at the weather forecast. It's snowing left, right, and center. So you fully expect, okay, this is going to be a game where if we have a strong running game, and strong, I mean, 150 
200 yards through the, you know, on the ground. We're thinking, you know, 30, 35, 40 carries overall as a team. We finish, we finish the night with 45 carries, which you would think is great. Snow, not going to be able to throw, wind, you know, blowing everything. Well, but the, we have 40, 45 a, carries, but then 153 yards. The wind was only three miles per hour. It says weather was rain. Um, yeah. It was almost a four-hour game. The temperature was about 33 degrees. Um, but, yeah, that's – yeah. The Rockets and, the, and, and uh, Bowling Green both share a 5-2 and two record in the MAC. And one game really only separates them is Bowling Green is 6-5, and five, Toledo 7-4. Yeah, like the teams – I don't want to say are similar, or I want to say that they're relatively similar just because they're so predicated on explosive offense. And we'll get to Hilaire in, in a second because he's playing on Sundays. I don't care what anyone says. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, for us, it's if we can get Blakemcy, kind of with that big playability, Devin Maddox, we're seeing a little bit more Zyros being that deep threat. Zyros really and Turner as um, kind of deeper threat tight ends instead of kind of the blocking with a little bit of catching ability. So similarly, and then front stout front sevens or front south front fours, and then secondary that just needs to get the job done. But if I were to tell you that your starting quarterback throws for three hundred twenty nine yards three touchdowns, and then rushes for over 100 yards and two touchdowns. So that's 35 touchdowns just from your quarterback. And it's not it's not Taquan Finn. You're thinking that's a victory. And the fact that the majority of that came after the first quarter, because that first quarter was abysmal. Um, there's a group, we have a group text. We, you saw in real time mm-hmm. my commentary. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, Hilaire going to play on Sundays, eight receptions, 246 yards, two touchdowns. I said, Stephon Dix 2.0. I, it, it was bad in the first quarter. And then it seemed like even though we had the momentum heading into the half, just with the interception... And then the two scores right away. It seemed like, okay, get the momentum. But then the fumble at the two-yard line kind of shifted things back to Bowling Green's favor for a good chunk of that second half until the Rockets played, you know, went into, well, first fourth quarter time for us to really, you know, show that we're the greatest. And then that's when... Tucker Gleason decided he was Josh Allen, Kirk Cousins, you know, scrambling ability. Um, the offense we looked. But for me, I think the, the biggest problem that I see for the Rockets heading into Detroit, and I think Bowling Green really exposed it, is that if we're forced to be a throwing team, we're going to struggle because a lot of teams, a lot of teams aren't like Toledo, where we enjoy being the comeback team and rally. Like most teams, don't want to rally from behind in the fourth.
fourth quarter. And I think if we're looking at our three our three headed attack on the run on the ground, Micah Kelly, Penny Boone, and Jaquest Stewart. Forty seven yards between them on twenty eight carries. Granted, Snow, but that was more Bowling Green's front front four, front six, if they brought in two linebackers. They were already in the backfield by the time Tucker got the ball and took three steps. Yeah, it looked like he got he got sacked well, four like, times. Like there, there was a there was a couple there was one image in particular in the second half after his arm was bandaged where you could see the face mask imprinted in red because it was you know freezing cold, so you could see it a little clearer on his arm. You know, the hands busted up. It's like he went. He had a more physical game than our offensive linemen. But the line, and, the, the line has been bad the whole year, so I guess in a sense, I guess they they pieced it together. I do know that there was some injuries as far as key guys out on the line, but the one thing that, that, that I noticed here is the rushing. That has kind of been the staple for Rocket football when we were there in, in the years after, you know, Brian Kobach. I mean, this year the rushing, your, your leading rusher, was the quarterback Tucker Gleason by a mile? Yeah, hundred almost over almost a hundred almost. He was fourteen yards short of being a hundred yards more than the next um, running back or next. You know, he had one hundred six yards. Micah Kelly had twenty. Penny Boone had fourteen, and Jacquez Stewart had thirteen. Yeah, and yeah. I understand that. Like they put Boone in for the short yardage, you know, get the physical yards, right. and Tucker's. Outside of the scramble for the touchdown, like two of those big runs were in that one drive where, again, he took off and he was scrambling because they left wide open. But, yeah, like that's, for me, heading both into the game against Western, but then more importantly for the MAC championship game, if we can't run the football, I don't know if we can rely on our quarterback throwing the ball 40 times. I like that doesn't seem like a recipe for success. Knowing that, yes, Tucker Gleason was bad or bruised. Yes, we had struggling with the offensive line, but that front four, front five, like Carl Brooks, might as well have followed Tucker Gleason back to his dorm. Like he was, he was that attached to the hip to him. Chris Bake. You know, um, Dontrez Brown was in their hair was a big play. Like, like their guys were just so much more physical up front. And then, yes, we were able to get some pressure on McDonald majority of the game. But then that really, I don't want to say exposed us in the back with our secondary, but they're like, okay, if you do that, then we know that it's one-on-one with Hilaire. And for the love of God, they did that too many times. Right. Where, it, like, if you know that this guy's killing you, you might want to just double-team him. I, I said to myself, not in the group test, just chop-block him. Like, do whatever you got to do for him to not 
kind of continue to expose our secondary. And I'm afraid not just because this was in the elements so that kind of dictated a little bit, but then again, over 700 yards passing through the air. I'm worried if we have to face BG in the conference title game, that they're going to look at this tape and say, it doesn't matter if it's Tucker Gleason or Daquan Finn. All we got to do is get pressure because they can't run the football. And that's what I'm worried about. If we can't run the football in Detroit, can, can we win the MAC? It's going to be a lot tougher because I can guarantee Tucker Gleason is not going to have 17 carries for 106 yards and two touchdowns again. Yeah, and, I, and like I said, I, this is this is what's what's crazy. This, we we've always had great running backs, and, and this, this is listen to these. This is just most of them was when I was there. Look, Kareem Hunt, all-time leading rusher, obviously having a pretty decent uh, NFL career. Chester Taylor, second. Wasion Tate, I remember him. Brian Kobach is fourth all time. Remember Terry Swanson? He was actually him and Kareem were sharing carries in yeah. the top five. Trinity Dawson was more or less closer to who's now closer to my age. He was really good. David Fowell, and remember him? He was there when we were there. The original man child. Jalen Parmley, uh, I remember him. He's a little bit closer to my age. Casey McBeth back in the early 90s. And Dewan Collins was there when I was an undergrad. I mean, and this is just recently from basically 2006 and up. You've pretty much got one, two, three, four, five. Six of the top ten rushers were pretty much there when me and you were there either as undergrads or graduate students. Yeah, like like all our calling card at Sleater Rockets football is physical up front with our offensive linemen and, like you said, running the football. I guess we have some star wide receivers, some great quarterbacks, but we're running – like, you know, even thinking about Big Adonis, mm-hmm. you know, Morgan Williams, like it was physical up front. And I don't want to say that mm-hmm. Morgan Williams. Like the three that we have now, like obviously Boone is that physical short yardage guy. Like he's established himself, you know, mm-hmm. second and short, specifically third and short. Boone's get Boone wants the football. Right. But it's between Kelly and Stewart who coming into the season, those are the two that we're all like, all right, you guys got to pick up the slack because there is no Kobach. He's he's in the pros. And it just seems like – Did Kobach have another chance to go another season because of COVID? Yeah, he left early. Right. So if he would have came back, I think Kobach would have been able to at least be third. He would have been third. Possibly – Oh, yeah. If he – well, yeah, he would have been – well – if he had another thousand yard season, he would have been first. Yeah, he yeah, he first. had a chance. Like he, he could have been the all time leading rusher at rusher had he stayed. Stayed, yes. Hmm, crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just concerned knowing that they're probably going to rest a lot of wrestle out of the starters, which makes sense, kind of, because you don't want any. You want as little injuries as possible heading into the conference championship game. But 
we talk about even we talk about it in basketball, but that rust versus rust. Do you want you know the starters want to shake off the rust of looking and playing embarrassing in that first quarter and just the demoralizing loss against Bowling Green. But then you're also like, okay. Part of me, and this is me kind of thinking football player mode, part of me hopes Bowling Green wins. Why? Because it's we know it's hard to beat a team twice in the same season. One. Two, it's a rivalry game, so you're going to be really up for it. And three, you know that you are, like, you can, quote, unquote, build, build in the excuse, hey, we didn't have Finn. We didn't have our full complementary of offensive linemen. So you guys got a lucky one. Now, you know, can we do full strength versus full strength? And it's a rivalry game, which, like, we saw between us. I mean, Thankfully, the referees kind of let them go. Those, you know, a couple of personal fouls here or there, but it was chippy, and we can expect we can expect that on a neutral field. So, me personally, I want to see BG again in Detroit so that we can beat them and beat them for the MAC championship. Which would just be kind of double sweeter. Like, yes, you got the you know I seventy five trophy, but we won the MAC, like that kind of thing. But. I mean, I guess they they balance each other out. I guess I I, I rather just won the rivalry game and, and just you know shut them up because you just been so dominant and it was really a disappointing loss. I mean, another Rockets blunder as I like to see. Even though if they could possibly play them again, the MAC championship game and possibly beat them, you're still going to be known for that blunder at Toledo. And and the thing about it is, I think why or David is so passionate about this. I'm looking at these records. If you really think about it, if you really think about it, since we've been at WXUT, almost in our time in calling the games, which was between 2011 and 2017, all-time leading passers, passing touchdowns, rushing yards, this is career, um, possible rushing touchdowns, receiving, receiving yards, has all been under players that we've called their names on WXUT. You got basically passing yards in a career Logan Woodside single season Logan Woodside single game Logan Woodside R- passing touchdowns obviously Logan Woodside for a career single season Logan Woodside in a, a game he's tied for first with Logan Woodside is Dequan Finn and Bruce Gradkowski. Followed by rushing yards, Kareem Hunt, career, obviously, is the career leader. And then also, we, we call Terry uh, Swanson's name as he's number five. I mean, but think about this. You know, rushing touchdowns, obviously, Kareem Hunt's number three. Chester Taylor's number one. But I watched him as a kid. But then receiving yards or reception, actually in receptions, Eric Page is number one for career and single season, number two in a single game. Man, we were we were pretty, you know, blessed here to watch some good rocket football and talented players. Then you also look at receptions, you go down the list, you got guys that we've called names like Alonzo Russell's number five, Bernard Reedy's number six, Corey Jones is number seven. Man, think, yeah. think about that. That we really have seen some really good um 
football here. Then you've got in receiving yards, Eric Page is all-time. Single-season Deontay Johnson, Bernard Reedy in a game. Uh, uh, Alonzo Russell, Lance Moore, now he's older. Uh, Bernard Reedy, Cody Thompson, Corey Jones are all in the top ten in receiving yards. Yeah, it's it's amazing just kind of that. Yeah, the legacy of Rocket, the Rockets football, you know, the, the big names, some of them you know, went to the pros, others kind of were just collegiate legends, you know, can get anything in Toledo. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it also just along with that dominance of the players of caliber, the fact that this is only our second loss to BG since 2010. Well, but uh, should they have lost? Yeah. And in, in the and in twenty twenty or was it twenty nineteen, they ended up losing as well. Uh, and, yeah. and and BG was bad. So really, should those that team have lost those games to them, or we just weren't very prepared? Twenty nineteen. I'm still trying to figure out what the bleep happened. Like, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm waiting for an answer because there's that's inexcusable. Mm-hmm. This this one. You can say, you know, some people blame the weather. I say it's just lack of execution. You mentioned a little bit earlier, kind of just that last, you know, that game-winning drive by Bowling Green when all they needed was a field goal, and we even helped them out. Or they, uh, yeah, shot themselves in the foot. They started second and 15, having to, uh, yeah, burn the timeout. Like, it looked like it was destined for us to win that game, just how that game-winning drive for BG started, and then a couple of big plays. You mentioned the lack of tackling, which just kills me as a defensive player, that everyone's doing arm tackles instead of just wrapping up the waist. Um, yeah. That that game on Tuesday, the Rockets should have won. They should have. Yes, they should have won that game. Now, I can understand if they dropped the Western Michigan game. because, And that's the thing, too, I was worried about. You know, obviously the Rockets are going to the MAC championship game, and they've already had it clinched. Then it made you wonder because I think with Northern Illinois getting their win, what was it? They beat Western, right? They beat Western Michigan the week before and helping the Rockets clinch. If, it would have, if, if they wouldn't have won – then this would have been the game where the Rockets clinched the Mac West. I think there would have been a lot more on the line. Now they 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 were injury prone and could say, well, you know, there was key guys out, but but whatever. But I think maybe the attention to detail would have been a little bit more knowing that you get to keep the I seventy five trophy, but you also get a clinch going to the Mac championship game. You, you never know, but things happen for a reason. Maybe the Rockets bounce back from this, but then it goes again where. The, the the elephant in the room is always fire candle. What are your thoughts about candle? Uh, it it's always tough just because with demoralizing loss demoralizing losses, it's you know a lot of people are going to jump on that. Well, you know it's it's coaching. It goes to coach, and you know we get the usual. And both teams penalties wise were shooting themselves in the foot left and right. So it wasn't even the Rockets. With the holdings left, it was Bowling Green who, throughout the season, um, have been, I believe, the worst penalized team in the conference in terms of penalty yardage. So, yeah, discipline continues to be a thing. I, 
I will have we'll have to see with the Mac Championship game because now it's okay. Everyone was talking about you as the conference favorites. A horrible loss against Buffalo at Buffalo, and then now this against your arch rival at home. Those are some two, you know, heartbreaking losses in conference. Not even thinking about the non-conference slate, the crap fest that was San Diego State. Um, like those are some, you know, gut punching losses that, like you said, can stick with the team. And so, granted, I do think the game against Western is going to be like, eh, if we win, great. If we lose, great. Doesn't you know. As long as we're healthy for December third, mm-hmm. but but yeah, that that's going to be. Does Jason Candle, you know, lose the confidence of the AD who, looking at an interview, talks with talks with Coach Candle weekly, you know, about how can we how can we improve the program? Like, what's the next step? What's the next phase for Rocket Football? I, I mean, he's got one year left on his contract. Yeah. So is it is if they? I think if we win the MAC, he'll probably renew. Mm-hmm. If if we lose the MAC, depending on what happens in the bowl season, which we we've talked about bowls before, how those are kind of like yeah, um, and then depending on recruiting, it might be a, okay next year you're playing for playing for your contract. But I think having the security if if we win the MAC this year. I think that'll give them a little bit of a it's opportunity to take a little bit of a breath, I would say. Uh, but then again, though, I think because some people would rather what would be better, MAC championship win or lose a MAC championship but win a bowl game. I'd rather win the conference than lose the bowl. Right. This this I was just wondering. Yeah, yeah, because bowl games, you know. We we've talked about this for years, you know. We can win ten thousand bowl games, but all that all people remember in conference is did you win your conference? Mm-hmm. No. We were we we coming into this, everyone was like, All right, are the Rockets gonna finally win this thing again with the heavy favorites? Mm-hmm. And so now now we clinched it with two weeks to spare. Everything's all roads lead to Detroit. That's the mantra. So now you got to Detroit. What are you going to do about it? It'll be interesting. I think that I, I've said this before on this show that if I was Candle, I would skip out of town. You know, go find a high-paying job and just say, you know what, especially if you can win the MAC championship, if you if, if a Power 5 comes calling, whether it's a coordinate job or possibly a head coaching job, I would just take it and go. Just take it and run. You got two MAC championships for uh, Toledo and just go from there. I mean, people are going to be calling because obviously coaches are leaving left, right, and center. So firefighters are always going to be looking, knocking at the door of any mid-major. So, I, yeah, I can see I can see Candle having something that's alluring for him. Yeah. First, just got to get the job done, and then, um, yeah, after the after conference championship, then think about kind of the future. Once you know what bowl you're going to, yeah, it'll be 
it'll be very, very, very interesting to see what uh, comes up for uh, to the Rocket football. But like I said, disappointing, disappointing loss. It would have been nice to beat uh, that team from down south, but it didn't happen. So uh, the Rockets need to move on. They play Western Michigan um, on the day after Thanksgiving, which is a game that a lot of people don't watch. Yeah, because it's Black Friday. and I mean, I'm going to be watching something else that day, Bob. And I would also ask you this last thing before we get out of here. Tuesday night games. I, I, I don't mind them, but I do think that the rivalry needs to be moved up to the October and on the weekends. Um, it just has to. You, you get more fans. It's more. It seems like it's more people are into the games. And the season is just kind of gradually developing. And you know, it's a springboard game, and it's a good game to have toward in the middle of the season. Um, your thoughts? Mm. I, I actually like the bigger rivalries towards the end of the season, so I like it. And I like rivalries in November. I don't mind it, but the thing is, is the, the the when you do this, the the, the Mac is kind of screwed. If you do it during the Thanksgiving weekend, sometimes they would do it the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Nobody's on campus. Nobody's watching. And then you do it on Black Friday. Nobody's watching because no one's on campus. But everybody's on campus in the middle of October during someone's homecoming. In one year when we called the games was in September where the weather was nice. And you're getting an actual attendance of at least 20,000 or more. Yeah, but then if, even in October, no one... Like people nah, weren't going to the games. Yeah, I mean, were. yes, they were. Launchpad was granted. Most people were going to say because it was the snow in November. But like even when we were there, you know, kind of calling games, there'd be games where, you know, even in late October, Launchpad was in. Like if, well, when we were like, there, a lot of the games were early October. Actually, I, I, I the games I remember calling the one now now actually it's it's kind of crazy because I just looked at my memories about seven years ago the Rockets played a really good Bowling Green team that looked like it was going to be a matchup between them in the championship game um, at Bowling Green. That place was packed. That was when both teams are good. But when they've been earlier games, it it seems, and on a Saturday, when people don't have anything to do, they don't have to rush their kids to go to bed for school the next day. People have stayed around, and it's been a really great atmosphere. Yeah, like, well, also rivalry games help just with the atmosphere anyways, and because BG and Toledo are you know, 20 miles apart from each other, you know, you're going to get a lot more attendance. Um, and like 95% of that body, you know, you know, 15 minutes from home. I just think kind of games in September on Saturdays, like I would rather have my rivalry midweek where I know it's going to be on TV and you can get that TV ratings along with, yeah, yeah but, you know, Tuesday yeah, night the versus a Saturday in October. Like, yes, you get the, uh, you get the students that are going to be there. You know, TV ratings. But, I, I think it just, it, it, it's not a good look for the Mac. You know, you see an empty stands and everything like that. To me, I just think personally that you. you I think a game like this, not any other Mac game, yeah, Tuesday nights, but the Bowling Green Toledo game, I think it has to be in mid to early October where the weather's still nice on a weekend where people can come out because more people are going to come out and watch the game. The atmosphere is just way better. And now with TV, Schmeeby, everything's streamed. Everything, you can you can get access to it anywhere. It's, you know, you can watch it on your phone. You can do it, numerous things, tablets. You don't have to just go to the old boob tube 
or your flat screen or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I think this one game, to me, needs to be on October. The other Mac games, yeah. But, I mean, it just doesn't really garner any interest. And not to mention, they put it on ESPNU, where on a lot of cable packages, you can't get a ESPNU. You get one and two for sure, but ESPNU, you got to pay extra for. So who's really watching the games? Well, and this game was supposed to be on two, and I think they moved it. They got, got bumped from some, you know. See? Random thing. And who's but, really, who's really watching though on Tuesday nights when you got NBA on? You watch the NBA? What? Yeah, you know, on TNT. So I mean I, I I just think that a game like this would be better on the weekends in October. No, no, I completely under, you know, understand that. Like again, that's the thing with kind of any not you know, the group of fives, you're gonna have to get in you can and the Mac action is Tuesday, Wednesday nights. Um, sometimes you got to put the big boys on, mm-hmm. and then other times, you know, ESPN two covers Murray State and UMass mm-hmm. in basketball. Like I, you know, true, I mean, that's true. yeah, it's one of those things that you know, higher ups are always going to continue to talk about. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of. College football in October, November, when the professional, you know, NBA is starting back up. College basketball is getting ready to tip off. Yeah, a lot of things competing. Right, that is true. Well, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. Listen to eighty-eight point three WGTs after further review. Man, Rocket recap and Rockets lose a, cl- uh, a tough one here. When we return, we got what? Uh, winners and losers. Winners and losers. All right, we'll take a quick commercial break. Make sure you listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. WHT's after further review with a picture of Frank Vashner in the horse's head. And also, we're usually live here on 88.3 WHT on the radio side, 11 to 1, right after theme park from Tim and Vicky. Or you can watch us on our Facebook page, after further review sports page, and watch us be in live stream when we're actually in the studio. When we return, winners and losers, 88.3 WHT's after further review.